0: Well, given that we had this idea yesterday, um, I had, uh, I think this is what, yesterday afternoon, I thought we should call this Back to Work. Love that. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, where did you pull that from, that name?
0: Um, Like, everything good, I think it has at least two meanings. I mean, there's always that ha-ha, Merlin's a jerk thing of like, okay, now you got your tips, go back to work. But what I really like is, um, you're a Buddhist, Dan. Uh, If you ever want to get back on the path, all you got to do is step back on the path, right? That's right. And I think, uh, for reasons I think we will become apparent, I hope we will become apparent, uh, I'm really interested in how you figure out how to get back to the work that means a lot to you. right? And so we all get derailed. Eh, so who said this? Somebody said this. And I love this quote. It's not a question of not being scared. It's a question of being scared and not doing it anyway. I mean, almost everyone has said that, but it's true of your work, too. Anytime you're not doing the stuff that matters to you, and there's certainly a lot of stuff you'll have to do, that's just stuff, as Michael Lobb calls it, What does he call it? Stuff and things, but um, that doesn't mean a la the first pancake. It doesn't mean we shouldn't keep getting back and moving, kind of moving forward with the stuff. So I like the title. Do you think it's dumb? I checked the iPods. uh, What is that thing? The company that makes the things. I went to their store and I didn't see it on there. Have you seen a back to work? Is there a back to work?
1: No, no. I think we're it.
0: We might need to call it back to work UK, like they had to do with Wham, (laughs) like or like English Beat. They used to be the Beat, but then Paul Collins already had a band called the Beat. So, back to work. Back to work with Merlin Man. I mean, I think
1: I think it, we have to okay. we have to credit you in this yeah. because it's you. This is really your. As much as I am here and a part of the show, this is this is coming. A lot of it is coming directly from your brain.
0: All right. First of all, can we just stipulate that there will that every show will not be about. Putting our heads up each other's ass and talking about how nice it smells. We're not always going to do that, but it is. I thought. Well, that, that that's services. how you sold like, me on the show, though. That's well, what I you. did. I said, I said, relax. I said, relax. <laughs> just have a little bit of meat and sit. Get that zafu nice and tight in there, and then just really focus. Act like you're focusing air right on the sphincter as hard as you can, but not in a mean way. And I, um, so I think, I think um, to tell you the truth, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I like doing podcast stuff, but there's a reason I stopped doing the Merlin show, and there's a reason. I mean, it's hard for me to do and i like the stuff that you do so much and i really like oh god who's that guy with the weird hair is it grubby what's his name grubber john gruber. the guy what's his name john gruber i'm not familiar with his work but he seems like a like a really mean guy and a bit of an alcoholic and you <laughs> seem to keep him on an even keel he doesn't really talk like that when you're with him he sounds more like uh, some kind of a, a puppet that somebody dropped and, and you keep him sounding like somebody who's not out of his mind, and I, I, I need you to do that for me. You will work on it. Seriously, I'm serious. I uh, Well, we should talk about this at some point, but I like the idea of the back to work, because I think what you're doing with the 5x5 stuff is desperately impressive, high-quality, polished stuff that'll make me better. Um, and, uh, I think the timing is good. The timing so, is good. The time, and, uh, you've, and you, and you've been kind of
1: laying low for a while, which is relatively speaking for you laying low.
0: Right. Well, it's like that guy in the movie where he had to eat his arm. I mean, you could call it laying low, <laughs> but I really had, I really a, had a, a large unfinished pile of paper sitting on top of me, which made it very hard to move. That's what's, that's a book. So, which I'm still working on, but you know what? This is part of the show, right? Everything, everything, it's all related. Yeah. I'm not editing uh, any of this. No, I'm not worried. all we need now is a little ukulele sound but I think uh, uh, I think that's a lizard brain thing I think you can get so wound up in this one thing you're supposed to be feeling bad about that you lose a lot of opportunities get ready folks there's going to be all kinds of this hippie crap Uh, I really believe that and so like what am I going to do I'm going to sit around and feel bad about my book being done or I'm going to like feel better about making something that's really cool with you even though you're in Florida which is kind of weird
1: yeah Florida well it is a very weird and it's
0: especially (laughs) weird this time of year can we round back around to Florida? Cause I have a lot to say about
1: yeah, Florida. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So what do, you, what do you want out of this, uh, this thing?
1: Well, you know, I think, I think that for me, and, and this is, you know, this is, this is the true part that's going to make you feel uncomfortable you know, as a heads up. I'm going to do this again. You do
0: this with your wife. Does she have to sit through this with your child? Does he have to sit through? Oh, he definitely all of does. Bracketing. Definitely does.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, you want me to skip it? No, no, no. I
1: just don't want you to tell me I'll be uncomfortable. You're going to be, because I, I'm probably your number one fan. I'm
0: not, I'm not made of candy floss. Well,
1: you're my number one fan. No, I'm, I'm your number one. one. I got to get this straight. Right. I'm your number one fan. Thank you. And I, you know, ever since you, 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 you were on, we, did, we talked on the pipeline and one episode of that. And I think you were on a couple episodes of the conversation. And those were, I, I mean, I, I, love, I love all the interviews that I do, but those were some of the most fun ones to do. And I th- every time... I'm like, yeah, and I'm, this is the guy that, that I, have so, I have so much fun, and this is the guy that talks into his, uh, into his thing like it's a phone. Yeah. Was it a yeah. wallet
0: or a shoe? Yeah. Or what was you know what's fun is a lot of people look at those. That's called that phone guy. Yeah. A lot of people look at those for years, and somebody has to point out to them that it's actually a wallet, which is kind of the funny yeah, thing. I like that. It's something I started doing in the mid-'90s because it needed to be done. I, mean, I just remember seeing that. I'm like, who is this yeah. guy? You know? Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. As I said in my douchey post on 43 folders, uh, I feel um, the same way but different about you because, uh, I, I, like I said yesterday in our marathon phone call, I, um, and this does relate, I think, to what we're talking about. Um, and it also relates to this stuff that, uh, what's his name, Grubby? Uh, Gribber and I talked about at the South by Southwest, which is, you know, you sit around and you go, oh, I hope people like me and I hope they friend me and I hope they do all this superficial stuff that doesn't cost anything. But what you really want is to like not suck enough that people you really admire wouldn't mind doing something with you. And if that sounds like nonsense, then like just, you know, change the channel in your mom's basement because that's the thing. The whole thing is getting to where even, I'm not saying you've got to go and like you get to go work with George Clooney or something, which I would really enjoy. But, you know, just getting the opportunity to have yourself and your work improved by proximity to people who are better at what you do. That's what it's about. It's like the liberal arts. You don't get to go, oh, I like science, so we have to change history. No, you want a well rounded class, not a well rounded student. And when you get the right team, you compliment each other uh, with, with, with two E's. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, so, anyway i'm I'm really glad to be here. I hope it's good. I'm gonna try harder than I usually do at things because I really want this to be good.
1: Well, that means a lot and I mean at this at the same time, I think you know people people are really excited about these kinds of shows shows where people like you who have so much really interesting and and novel in many cases experience it, it there's so many people who are who are gonna be listening to this I think who are dying to know. Uh, what what goes on in your in in your world? And you do live in a very kind of unique situation. I mean, think about it. You live you live in San Francisco. You're at the center of all of that great stuff that the rest of us out here are 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 thinking. Wow, how cool would it be to like live right there and be in the center of it? And you get to to go on all these speaking things that you do and everything else. I just think it'd, it'd be great to take some of that back and. And not have to be lucky enough to be one of the companies that can bring you in to hear you talk, and not, well, and, not and
0: not pigeonhole you into one yeah. certain
1: topic and say, oh well, today we're just going to talk about you know this new iPod.
0: Well, I, I'm really I'm really grateful that you that you find it that theoretically interesting because it is nice to, to be here. It's a, it's a fine enough place to live, but I mean a theme for me that I, I have trouble getting away from. Who said this? I actually think it was Gruber who said this. You know, everybody's got a boss, you know? Bono has a boss. Everybody's got a boss, just in the sense of like, there's always something you want that you don't have, and there's always somebody that you need to please on some level. And that doesn't have to be an actual boss, but for the sake of our discussion, it's not a bad way to look at it. And I mean I've got a boss too. When I go out and talk to these folks, and let's be honest, I, I Almost never, ever, ever get rehired by a company. Probably because I'm not very professional, but also because my biggest benefit, if they hire me and give me a ridiculous amount of money to talk to them, is I stand there and a lot of times show them that the people who who hired me are a big part of the problem. And they don't like that. (laughs) It's not your workers that are the problem. It's yours, you know, and they don't like that. So what do you talk about when you go to these places? I I will tell you. I will tell you. But let me finish this one thought, just because it is important. I mean, for me, what, 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 when people, uh, the corollary to that though is the people who do think, oh, I need is more power. All I need is more money. All I need is more San Francisco. And I mean, let's just so you know, there's not a treehouse. There's not, there's not like one place where we all hang out here. At least that I'm aware of. Maybe they haven't told me because for <laughs> obvious reasons they might not want me there. But I mean, the way that I think about this, and yes, I say this in talks, as you get, so you see somebody who's got something you don't have. Well, A, it, it takes trade-offs to get anything. Like there's stuff, if I don't get to do or you know i'm not trying to like i'm just saying everybody does that if you want to mow your lawn you can't go to the movies it's not complicated but at the same time the higher up you move or the more you get more responsibility or more cool anything the more interesting people you begin to disappoint all you do is increase the number of people who will generally be bummed that you're not doing something else and and there's going to be a bunch of people out there who goes that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard in my life go ask the CEO of your company. Do you think the CEO of your company just gets to sit around and like blow balloons all day and like do bong hits? No, he or she is heavily indebted to stakeholders that include a board that's very demanding, right? It's, it's just, I think this gets directly to the theme of what I hope we get to talk about a lot, which is barriers. Um, and I don't know. I mean, actually, I have a story about that.
1: <laughs> about barriers?
0: Yeah, that's the story about why I called you yesterday.
1: All right, so so tell. So for those who who don't know and tell actually only only you and I know uh because this is this is the story that happened. I told you after we did the pipeline interview. I said, "Shame on you for not doing you look nice today more." And then you explained how, you know, it really is a a, a production, there's a lot of editing, it involves three people, so there's a lot of moving parts. And I, I just said, you know, the world needs, I think, more of you on a podcast. Let's do a show. Let's do a new Merlin Mann show. And yeah, well, you know, I don't know. you got this going on. i writing a book. And so we kind of, you know, but I... That was almost a year. That was darn near a year ago. Because I've been doing this for about a year. It'll be like a and, year. And then next I week. didn't
0: even answer your very nice email about just being on your show like a total jerk. I didn't even answer your email. Right. You would not answer the email, and then you then I you
1: would say, "I'm sorry, I dropped the ball. I didn't answer email. I don't really do email very. You know, I'm so busy right now. So let's be on. I'll be on your next show. And then the show would day would come and go, and you'd say, "I'd say, okay, well, you know, like we were supposed to record today at one. Where were you? And oh, I thought it, you meant Pacific." time so yep. we didn't do it again and i was just feeling i said you know this guy's just too busy we're never gonna we're never gonna do it but that's okay i did have these couple of great episodes with they are really fun to do the <laughs> the download counts on those episodes were off the charts you know what when he when he wants to do something he'll he'll call me so then the uh, yesterday i guess or the day before i forget there uh, i I was, no, it I, was, was, I was it was yesterday it was yesterday, it was yesterday. i was, yesterday, in, yesterday the, morning. I was yeah. in the kitchen and i was uh, checking the email on the on the laptop in there and this email came in from you, and I read it. And I looked up and I said to my wife, "I said the email I've been waiting for for a year has finally come."
0: <laughs> you know, you're not Buddhists aren't supposed to lie. That's not a that, lie. Right? That's
1: what I said. Yeah. And well, and two she, lies, you know. And she so. no, and she didn't know she didn't know what I was talking about. And I told her, and she said, "Wow, that's awesome." And the email was basically you emailing me saying, "Let's let's do a show."
0: Is the chat room lighting up with people going? What is this show about? Apart from Dan and Merlin complimenting each other? Oh, well, that really is all the
1: show is going to be. No, they're not. They're <laughs> they're people are, are saying uh, that they like you look nice today. They're yeah. they're calling you Mister Inbox Zero. Good good nice things. And
0: they're saying but no, the, they don't care. It, here's here's the nut of they it. Say they say they don't it, care. They're just happy that you're here. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut down your, your compliments because it's starting to give me a. a I think in uh, medic- medicine, it's called an erection. The 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 I told the you thing. it would make
1: you feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing: I'm not going to curse. Like I'm not going to curse on this show. That's right. So, yeah, it's got to go somewhere. Um, and that's my blood blood flow. So uh, I'm just going to tell you, I uh, uh, I there's this guy I like a lot who is, I don't love this word, but he was a, he's a deceased guy uh, who, when he was living, was a writing coach. And not a writing coach in the sense of blah, blah, something, something, right every day. Like he, this guy named, uh, his name is Donald uh, Murray, Don Murray. And he was actually a coach. He was a coach of reporters and journalists, but perhaps more importantly, he was a meta coach. He taught people how to be writing teachers, which sounds recursive, but it's really not. Because his whole thesis was that we teach writing poorly by trying to teach this backwards process, or to quote him, uh, it's like trying to infer a pig from a sausage. And instead, you have to have this real certain amount of ridiculous, unnecessary, stupid, unwarranted, undeserved courage about just diving into the middle of wherever you are. His thesis being that writing is a constant process of looking forward and back at the same time. You're never really just revising. It's not one iteration from draft to publishing. It's, it's hundreds and hundreds of iterations. And once you accept that, if that doesn't make sense, go write. Okay, sorry, that's the way this works. Once you start writing and you really, really, really write, you will go, yes, this explains this. This is what you do. And I, I, he's been so inspirational for me, and not just in that like go buy a poster of a boat kind of way, but in making me say, like you know, uh, you know, I can, I can really do this and there's so much about what he had to say that I just find really inspiring and as I mentioned right before we went on um, I, 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 I don't know if these numbers really stack up because I, I, I haven't gotten to this point in writing as a, as a thing but he says that when you get good at writing when you go pro you can think of it as a pie graph there's a, there's a certain amount of time on what you might call pre-writing there's so a certain amount of time you might call you know, drafting and another amount of time which is revising again there's a lot of iteration and overflow. But he says, once you get really good at writing, the amount of time you spend like typing the draft might be 5%, which sounds crazy, right? Cause you're, you watch movies where people type and that's writing. Right. But what he says is once you get good enough at it, there's a lot of sort of thinking and percolating again, great to work on multiple projects just to let your brain do its thing. And then you just sit down and go, okay, here it is. And yesterday I went, okay, here it is. Because, uh, I just realized that this is stuff, if you can't see my like, bust-a-gut posts on 43 folders, this stuff really doesn't matter to me. And so I think I want to try and cross the Rubicon to get from somewhere between douchebag advice about, like, you're a jerk, go work harder, versus a list of 135 you know, new ways to update Chrome. Somewhere in between there is a sweet spot, and the struggle that we have with finding that sweet spot in our work is the same struggle that we'll probably have making this show appeal to everybody, which it which it won't. <laughs> does that make any sense? It does. But I mean it that's almost why I called you, and that's why we were both so excited about it. We were like, we don't even know what this is gonna be, but let's do this because I think it'll be good. I mean after this one episode it'll be good.
1: Well I think I think a big part of it though is that is that you talk about things like the creative process, you talk about things like inspiration. And I think those are the kinds of topics that people, regardless of what their field is, whether they're building web pages, whether they're a designer, whether they're you know, whether they're writing uh, briefs every day, th- where you draw that kind of inspiration from and, and how you how you get to work, how you actually go through that creative process to create something, because it's actually pretty easy to to feel inspired to create something. But it's very hard to actually do it for a lot of people, for most people, I would say.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Like when I finally got treated for ADD, I would be. I told my doctor, "Like, oh yeah, I used to drink a lot of coffee and do this and do that." And He said, "Well, you know, when you're doing that, <clears throat> excuse me. You're. I'm going to paraphrase this. Sorry, Tom. But <laughs> you, you are really emulating the effects of successful normalcy or med- medication when you do that. Right? When you drink a lot of coffee, it's not, it doesn't feel that different from taking Adderall or Ritalin or whatever, Satera or whatever, Peter Satera, whatever that is called. <laughs> you know, I, I started taking Peter Satera because my doctor told me it was hard to say. He was, sorry. <laughs> I think it's called Stratera. But uh, the point being that, you know, you're just getting all of the superficial effects without any of the actual change. And this is what happens in what I consider this culture of sort of buying berets. You get that little dopamine shot of having made something even though you haven't really made anything. Because the actual making of stuff ends up being a fairly tedious process, a tedious, lonely, non-beret-wearing process. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I hope I'm saying that in a hopeful way because as hard as it is to get, and I'm not talking about me here, I'm talking about real people who make stuff, as hard as it is to get great at making stuff over and over again, <clears throat> there is something oddly freeing about saying, "Well, there, no, there's, there is not a genie and there is not a muse. And yes, it will take you more than four hours a week, and you can't do it in a hammock. You're going to have to actually get up early and work. No one in India will do this for you. You're going to have to. That's a subtle reference, but you're going to have to go out and really, really work on this stuff uh, if it matters to you. And if it doesn't matter to you, then a beret will be fine. Um, but to get to the nut of this, <clears throat> if I may, um, so this is what really finally made me actually say, "Here, Dan, now," um, and uh, I was, I was drinking. Uh, which I don't usually do, uh, but I I was with a guy who liked to drink, and so a friend of mine, who actually uh, happens to be a client, and uh, we were talking about what we're both really interested in and fascinated by, which is um, one thing, which is culture, right? What is it that makes some environments um, such a petri dish for great stuff, and what is it that makes people want to like run away from the Petri dish like stealing office supplies and like, you know, peeing in somebody's desk? What is it? What makes that difference? What is it, and, and can you change it? right? <clears throat> and, and in time, I found myself moving more toward this position, as we had more drinks, more, more toward this position of saying, well, you know, it kind of doesn't really matter what other people do, given that ultimately you're the one who's got to be the animus. If you're the one who's actually going to have to go ship. right? And <laughs> my sense was... <laughs> great guy he kept moving further toward yeah but this person does this and that person does that and i need this to do that and i found myself saying well okay but what what are you gonna do as a result of that do you just give up do you just spend all of your time trying to fix what these other people are doing wrong and to get to the nut of the nut Apparently, I'm told by, by the security guards who removed me from the room, that, that it ended with me basically yelling over and over, what couldn't you ship? What couldn't you ship? What couldn't you ship? And then he go, well, that's what I heard anyway, you know, something, something, blah, blah, ginger. And i go, oh, that's a really good point. Uh, so, so what couldn't you ship? And, uh, you know, he'd been drinking too, so maybe it was just hard. But the funny part was, I think it was good for both of us because I, I think it was a really, really hard question to answer. And if we really, really are honest with ourselves, there's not really that much stuff we can't ship because of other people, right? And so to me, that's what I want to talk about here. Why? Not, not why didn't you ship, but what couldn't you ship? And, then, and, and you know what I mean by that, right, Dan? I think so. What was your answer to him? I didn't have an answer because the answer answer was, I mean, I think what I was trying to browbeat him with, and I'm prepared to be wrong, but what I was trying to browbeat him with is back to your original question, right? Uh, I always use that jokey phrase, boiling the ocean. Well, that's what it is. Like, when are you ever going to get enough change in other people to satisfy you? When are you ever going to get enough of exactly how you need it to be to make one thing? Well, you know, that is always going to be there. You're always going to find some reason to not run today. You're always going to find some reason to eat crap from a machine today. You're always going to find a reason for everything. To quote that wonderful uh, Renoir film, Rules of the Game, something along the lines of uh, the trouble in life is that every man has his reasons. Everybody's got their reasons. And the thing that separates the people who make cool stuff from the people who don't make cool stuff is not where they live in San Francisco. And it's not whether they have a cool system. It's whether they made it. That's it. That's it. End of story. Did you make it or didn't you make it? And so what I hope we can do here is talk to some friends of mine, some of, some of whom you're, you folks are familiar with and many of whom you're not, and talk about how they shipped. <laughs> I told you an anecdote yesterday about a friend of mine with a beard that some people know and a turning point in his life where he had to carry T-shirts in a box around Scotland. Right. And I want to talk to him about that. I want to talk to my friend with the beard who actually apparently lived in the woods of... Vermont for a while who, <clears throat> who uh, talked about how his career changed when he had to carry t-shirts around Scotland uh, I got a really nice email from uh, another friend of mine yesterday who's making a really cool funny show about a hospital with kids <laughs> and <laughs> I want to talk to him about he go, how he goes from just being this guy in Boston to like being a guy that makes a thing that delights people and how many things you've got to not do to go do that thing if we could get him I'd love to get Louis CK on here I don't think that's going to happen but do you know his deal do you know what his deal no. is His deal is they give him, I want to say, 300 grand per episode, which is not a lot of money for a TV episode. And he has reportedly 100% control. This is a guy who threw out his entire act a few years ago and started over. I think he's one of the funniest comics. He's a comics comic, a very funny guy. He threw out all of his materials and then decided to write a completely new from scratch show every year, which would be a little bit like Picasso going, I'm going to go burn all the blue period ones because now I'm going to do this other thing. I want to talk to those people, not just comics, not just troubadours, but I want to talk to people who do ship. And then I want everybody out there who thinks they need to live in San Francisco to do something cool to realize that we've all had to carry our own box of T-shirts around Scotland. And the only thing that's stopping you from doing that on some level, not on every level, you don't get to push a button and have a TV show tomorrow. But neither did those folks. They had to do a bunch of stuff and then not do even more stuff to make it happen. So I'm going to stop talking now. But that's why I did it, Dan, because I want people to think about what they couldn't ship because of whatever, because of their pen, because all they have is iPhone 4, um, <laughs> because they're really curious about how this whole Android-Verizon thing is going to shake out. What couldn't you ship?
1: But in a way, though, it almost sounds like you're just talking about the, the regular human mental process of procrastination or making excuses.
0: Yes. I think procrastination is... Yeah, but that's kind of like going. You know, well, I almost made a poop joke. I'm not gonna do that on here. Um, It's (laughs) procrastination is is a is an effect, not a cause. um, In my opinion, procrastination. What's the cause cause of procrastination? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, this is the hippiest thing I'll say on here today. It it's when you temporarily forget uh, who you are or who you want to be. It's when you forget what you're supposed to be paying attention to and when you lose confidence about what your options are for doing something about it but One, don't you don't two, you think or-
1: that distraction plays into that as well why because i think today it's very easy if you if you think back i'm not talking about when we right. were kids i'm talking about to, to generations prior to us right. when the only thing that you did on a sunday afternoon was watch the grass grow or go invent something right
0: you know that's th- true I, but i mean like you don't masturbate right of course not. Never. Okay, but you've known people who who, who do that, right? I've read about it. Um, does anybody need to set an alarm to masturbate? I, I would assume not. I don't know. We should ask. We should ask your your folks in your chat room. Yeah. What about video games? Do you need a reminder to play video games? Do you need to, like do you need like a special distraction free? Certainly video, not. Video game remembering. Well, no, no. Let's take it a step further. What about Facebook? I mean, you certainly don't want to let that go fallow. Do you have to remember to go pick up your zombies on Facebook? Do you get like? <laughs> is there a web service that can help you remember that?
1: There, there well, if you can do be.
0: all of that stuff, you're not really distracted. You're not really distracted. You're only distracted if you think one thing is more or less important than another. Well, every minute costs the same. Every minute of your life costs exactly the same. And when you know what you care a lot about, you quit making excuses about being distracted. When you care a lot about writing, you can do it on the back of a piece of the napkin and then say, waitress, could I please have another napkin? You don't need anything except the desire to do it. And if that sounds like BS, then you probably haven't written anything. What about fear? Okay, this.
1: so how does a fear play into this? What about well, fear of Fear is the fear,
0: but let's, let's be honest about the distraction stuff. I, I, I'm not trying to be reductive about this. Yes, distraction is an issue. Yes, I like to write in a really plain text editor, but this is where the paradox and the lizard brain stuff starts to really creep in. I think what's cynical is marketing a product as being a, quote, distraction free writing environment and implying that that's going to help people write more. Because I can't think of a single person I know who writes substantially more because they have a distraction-free writing. And I don't doubt that that happens. But it's like they say in skiing. I don't know if this is true, but supposedly in skiing, there's only two kinds of people that need the poles: beginners and pros. And for everybody else in the middle, you don't really, you don't really need the poles. I don't know if that's true, but it's a great metaphor. The same is true here. You need the armatures and you need the compensatory muscles to do exactly what you need to put your ass in a chair and move your hand. That's exactly what you need. If you need a distraction-free writing environment to write, then you really need to ask yourself if writing is what it is that you want to be doing. Scott Birkin, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name, who's done, written some wonderful books on project management, has teed off a lot of people with what I consider some of the best advice about writing ever. Which is when people go, meow, 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 how did you write a book, meow? Meow. He goes, well, I wrote a book by sitting down and writing a book. What's the next question? Well, why it's so hard about writing. A, what's so, it's so hard. Well, if it's hard, then, then like, maybe you don't want to write. Is it that hard to, to masturbate? Well, you managed to do that. You, you like your video games. That, you've gotten really good at that. You're a 14th level sitting down guy. So not, not to be cynical about this, but you're not allowed to play both sides of the street on this. It is paradoxical. It is hard. It is almost impossible, all of this stuff. But when you care enough about that stuff, you quit sweating the impossible and you focus very heavily on the stuff that actually provides a contribution. So, sorry, fear. Well, there's fear, but you've, you have made me
1: think about something else, which is the issues of prioritization. Yeah. You know where I'm going with that. How, sure, uh, sure, sure. So, so what's the answer there? There's a lot of people who have obligations, who have things that... that that make it difficult for them to set aside the time. Maybe when they say it's hard, maybe what they mean is it's, it's hard to find time to prioritize what feels like work, even if it's enjoyable over these chores that I have to do over these dishes that are in the sink.
0: Ob- obligations, pre-existing obligations, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, your son, not to get personal, it's just a little bit older than my daughter. I think we've talked think about so. this. Yeah. yeah. So he goes to the playground, right? Yeah. If he gets in the head with a swing and is bleeding, do you have time to deal with that? Uh, You make time, right? Well, I don't know. You should check your list, right? Check your list. No, prioritize. That's what you should do, right? You should say, hang on, Joel, like sit there. Don't, don't, don't. Hang on, daddy's busy. And you pull out a list and you, you check it and his screaming is certainly not helping. The bleeding is very distracting. It's very distracting to do your work when your child is bleeding. And so, you know, the thing is, I think what he doesn't understand is the importance of prioritization. Because you can't, he's, you've got a lot of obligations. You need to put out podcasts about Android. And I don't think he always <laughs> gets that. Right. Okay, my kid falls down. I don't pull out a list. Oh, that's really about urgency, not about importance. No, it's about like, I have a pretty good idea, like what's not allowed to be hurt and what's not allowed to die. And when you say, this gets us to an interesting and nuanced point, but just to finish this one thought, when, when we, Talk about all these things that aren't allowed to move because of priority, that is so freaking ironic to me or so paradoxical to me. Where it's like, you know, <laughs> you remember the show we did with Veen where we talked about, you know, working on your own and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. You brought up this point. You're always being you're always being like the heavy set guy who eats, you know, cookie dough and wants wants more tips on running. You're always representing that that, that viewpoint in a really mm-hmm. sweet way. And people are going, like, I don't understand. Like, how can you be independent? It's like, <laughs> how can you not be independent? You know, it's like the way you be independent is you decide you're going to go be independent. Like, do you imagine that you go to like a store and get a magic carpet and suddenly you get to be independent? Well, no, you become independent by saying now it's time for different priorities. When I became a dad, sorry, uh, there's a bunch of stuff that didn't get to be a priority anymore. I don't get to just do stuff now. I don't mind that because I kind of like my daughter. But do you follow? (laughs) So when people, the problem is that that's the irony of this. That's the whole like, it's like the matrix, right? If uh, not Neo, who's the who's the guy with the glasses? Yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fishburne's character, Lawrence Fishburne. The yeah, character come on. He played chat in, room, chat room, real quick. What's yeah, his the name? chat glasses. room's gonna have to do because blue, it's been too pill. long since I've seen. Not Neo. Morpheus. Thank you, Morpheus.
1: And see, I got burned on that movie after the second. I can't even look back at the. Fr- it's the same thing with Lost. Like the last season ruined it.
0: For oh, me. I know. It's like yeah, for me. I don't. Weezer. I've kind of blocked. We're in, in the mid two thousands. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> makes you reevaluate. Yeah. No, I love Sir Hi, Patrick. But um, the uh, the thing of it is, if he just went around in a truck, like ran around the mystery machine, like with a bullhorn yelling, "Hey, hey, everybody! <laughs> this isn't real. You're living in a pod with lime jello providing electricity for robots." <laughs> How successful would his campaign be? Yeah, because people aren't ready to know about the Matrix, right? And so when you say to somebody, they go, look, I'm so thirsty. Can I drink that salt water? You go, you know what? That's kind of a bad idea. And they go, yeah, but it's water. Idiot. But here's where we come back to the- No, dude, it's salt water. It will literally, the more you drink of that, the worse this will get. And when you go, ah, priorities, I got all this stuff to do. Well, then here's the thing. You have to figure out what you can do at what level. Do you ever feel scared? I I feel scared every freaking minute of the day. Because I I think for a lot of people feeling,
1: it seems like you embrace that fear, but for a lot of people, they, they want to
0: avoid the fear. It's a totally natural impulse, but has avoiding the fear ever kept bad stuff from happening to you? Like, is that your inoculation to go like, Oh, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm 40 years old, but I'm going to close my eyes and not being scared means nothing bad will happen. The universe doesn't care whether you're scared, like stuff's going to happen to you. Right. And, and it's, again, back to this lizard brain. Sorry, get used to it. <laughs> it's like if you think... Okay, that that hold on, hold difference. on. Stop, stop, stop. Yes. Explain so, the lizard so. brain.
1: I know what it is, but there are a lot of people who don't know who Seth Godin is who, who haven't heard oh, the God. term.
0: Oh, God. I like Seth, but don't credit him with that. Okay,
1: so where does the lizard brain come from?
0: <laughs> uh, the limbic system, your body. Uh, now, in a nut, let's, let's avoid all the neuroscience and talk about the metaphorical version, which is that based somewhat in the idea that our our brain evolved to keep us safe from bear attacks. um, There's a lot of stuff that kind of kicks in when we get scared or when we feel threatened. Uh, And this can happen on any number of levels. Obviously, if you've ever been mugged, you know that feeling of sweating really hard and breathing and wanting to poop. Well, every animal poops right before it runs, right? It breathes really heavy right before it runs. It's called fight or flight. And it's your body having to make everything becomes intensified. You've been in a car accident and it feels like it took a month for the accident to happen. That's because your brain slips into a different way of processing information. It's taking in a huge amount of information about what is the next threat that's likely to harm you. This is not me. This is science and stuff. So the problem is that's great for a bear attack. If you get a bear attack annually, you're in good shape. The problem is most of us, because of bad habits and because of bad cognition, in my opinion, have now made that the way we look at stuff. And basically everything's a bear. And so that can manifest itself in a million ways, but the way I see it manifesting, so they call it the lizard brain because it is based, we talked about this on the, on the pipeline, but there's this book that I haven't read called The Triune Brain that's extremely long. And one model of the brain that's some people disagree with, but one model of the brain that there are, are three, three of the major... Uh, divisions in our brain are are based on sort of like this lizard part, this mammal part, and this human part. You know, in other words, there are parts of the brain that we share with our lizard ancestors. Uh, you know, not exactly the same. You know, uh, although I do like Dinosaur Train, it's a good show. And and then you've got this other part that's about the mammal part, the dog brain. Some people call it. Um, and the problem is, it's when we get scared, we don't want to write a poem. When we get scared, uh, we don't want to feel empathy toward the bear. We don't want all these dog and uh, human things. We go straight into, I'm going to poop to make me lighter. I'm going to breathe really hard to get more air to circulate the blood. And then I'm going to tear ass. Which is great for a bear attack and not so great for a phone call. Not so great for an email. Right? Linda Stone has talked about this email apnea. People tend to hold their breath when they're doing email unconsciously. So here's the thing with all of this stuff. If you if you only work one set of machines at the gym, you shouldn't be surprised that one muscle overdevelops to the exclusion of others. Hence the guys with the giant torsos and the stick legs. Right? And if you only work the muscle that says being scared keeps me alive, not only are you going to like lose the chance to do a lot of cool stuff, and not only are you going to strengthen the habit that is probably most damaging Um, you're also going to develop, in my opinion, a new kind of cognition that looks for information related to bear attacks rather than looking at the number of times that there were no bears there at all. And to me, that's a habit. It's like running. It's like any of that stuff. It's like you just go out and do it. And like I said, it doesn't mean don't be scared. And let me just be super clear about this. And you you play this angle in, in a way that I think is actually really instructive, Dan, and useful of like, well, what about me? I'm a guy with a mortgage and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah. So you know what? Don't buy a book about working four hours a week. That's not a smart idea. That's your lizard brain going, there's a genie for this. Well, there's not. But you know what there is? Even if you are working 60 hours a week, can you take half an hour a week to update your resume? Could you take 15 minutes a week to read a magazine from a trade that's not your own? Could you spend 45 minutes a week installing Rails with Dan's tutorial and picking up enough Rails to have a new skill? The answer is not, I'm going to sit here and just be scared, and that becomes a consolation. I think the answer is, how do I run straight into that crap storm, let it cover me with crap, but not stop me from running? So I don't know if that makes any sense to somebody with a mortgage. Except to say that we all have limitations and we all have to shed stuff to do that. So maybe you don't get to get drunk with your buddies at, at Hooters for, you know, every week. Maybe you don't get to go to a professional sporting event. <laughs> you, you shed that and you go, well, you know, I'm going to have to go work this muscle. I don't like working to get good at this. You know, that what are they called? The adductor, the taint machine. You know, it hurts your taint <laughs> like you've been roller skating. Like that's the machine. You don't want to do that machine, but that's the machine you need. Your muscles are fine, Johnny. <laughs> Sit down and work the tank. I don't know if that makes any sense, Dan. i speak in metaphors and that's that's bad. But. You're sort of like the, you know, how Dr. Phil has all those
1: uh, slogans. You're like the Dr. Phil of uh, <laughs> of this space, I think.
0: I know exactly one thing about Dr. Phil, exactly one thing. And that is when his show first came out. They had one, you know, commercial for it that I guess Oprah paid for out of pocket that ran constantly. And all I remember is there's one part where he goes, You're gonna need a doctor tonight. That's all I know. Everything I know about Dr. <laughs> Phil. It's him, him looking like somebody just hit him with a sock full of pennies going, You're gonna need a doctor tonight. <laughs> so that was to a husband who just didn't get it, you know. What's 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 his shtick? What is his deal? Give me give me Dr. Phil in a nut. What's his deal?
1: Uh you know, I think he's he sort of has that good old boy kind of he, he, you know, these Southern expressions and, and he's got a, an expression for everything, just like, like, like you do. There's a genie for that or everything's a, <laughs> everything's a bear, a beret will be fine. I mean, all of these things, like where do you pull those from? Where do those, do you write them down when you think of them? Do they come to you as you're speaking?
0: You, here's the thing, Dan. If you want to <laughs> find the treasure, you got to buy the chest, that's, okay? And here, <laughs> that's right. Can I, can I tell you another thing? You don't win <laughs> at tennis by buying a bowling ball. All right. Now, if you want to live in a tree, don't be surprised that you're living with monkeys. That's right. Good. Where do these Just come capture from? I capture that one. That's, that's pretty good. Those are good. Where do they come from? No, I forget to pay the electric bill, but I can make these up in my sleep. Do you think that
1: your that, – do you think – let me see how to word this. Do you think that your prolific ability to think the way you do – Makes you think that other people have this capacity also
0: that's a really uh question that I wasn't prepared for uh that's I think probably kind of yes because I've never gone wrong and right I've never gone wrong in life assuming that somebody is smart I've gone wrong a lot assuming people are dumb but yeah, you may not have the same kind of stupid jumping from topic to topic mind that I have, but um, uh, how do I say this without sounding unkind? I I don't have a lot to say to people who aren't trying, personally. And I don't have a lot to say to people who like want a three-bullet outline to understand something as simple as go work. And so I, I could be a lot clearer, and I often am. If I'm sitting there with somebody who's a busy SVP and... I, the, the success of my visit depends on them going, oh, he told me one smart thing. I can do that. If you want one, one smart thing, I'll give you that. But I think part of this, there are plenty of people, God, I hope the show is not always just talking about us, but, but there are plenty of people out there to tell you kind of the same thing. There are so many, I mean, like whether like, you go, know, I'm a jerk on Twitter or whatever. Well, there's plenty of people that pretend to like you on Twitter. Like you, you'll get that. You've got that there are plenty of people to tell you you're fine except for not owning this book. And there's plenty of people to tell you all you've got to do is foo. And they're not being honest with you. They're telling you things because they think you're stupid. I'm sorry. That's why they're doing it. They think you're dumb and they think you're not up to doing what they've done. And it amounts to a Ponzi scheme and it's not cool. So I don't, kind of don't, Care if this always makes sense? I don't kind of don't care if you like me because I don't need you to like me. I need you to love your work, and I need you to love your your family, and I need you to love the stuff that matters. And I, I, if I don't always give that to you in the way that works, then there's plenty of other people that can. But I'll tell you what I'm never going to do is try to slice and dice this into small enough pieces that you don't have to be bothered to chew. Does that make sense, Dan? Be yeah, honest. I, think, I know you're, you're 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 in Florida, but but you're pretty <laughs> smart, right?
1: I I I am in Florida.
0: Have you always been in Florida then?
1: No, no. Philadelphia is where I was born and raised. We moved down here.
0: Oh, that's the connection. Yeah.
1: That's the connection. Explains being an Eagles fan for sure.
0: How how long have you We should we should explain that we are both kind of from Florida.
1: Yeah, you're from Tallahassee, right? Eventually.
0: Yeah, but I mean I I went to junior high and high school in on the sun coast. Um, um a uh, place no one's ever heard of called Newport Ritchie. And I went to college in Sarasota. And then I lived in Tallahassee. Is that New College? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now it's called New College of Florida, but back then it was just New College. And then I went to tell. That's where they
1: you don't actually have like a, a clear degree or something. Like yeah. you'd make up your own curriculum. You work with a professor, and then you, yeah, you-
0: they, they, there's literally literally nothing there. You show up, and there's not even dirt. You have to bring your own dirt, and then you, you have to build a hut. It's <laughs> right. it's a lot like lost. You come in, there's no books. You have to write the books. You have to actually build the professors out of things you can find, usually palm leaves and something that tourists have left behind, maybe art by John Chamberlain, the, the gifted artist. You you build whatever you can find, and that's. No, we don't have any of that. It's like a combination of um, like Reed meets Santa Cruz meets basket weaving. But it's a, it's a good school, but it's very unstructured. Uh, and I had to beg and beg and beg. It's like a 13, like a 1350, 1380 average SAT. And I barely got in. Um, but it was, it was an amazing experience because to this point, uh, no professor there doesn't get paid if you screw up. Nobody really cares if you do the work. Like, they don't, if you cheat, like, battle on you. But, like, well, that's okay. I got plenty of other people to pay attention to who are good at this and care. And some people, some people, the stories were, we were right next to, actually, on the same grounds, like, between, this is so metaphorical for the school, we were between the grounds of uh, the Ringling brothers, uh, John Ringling's house and Charles Ringling's house. And on the other side was the airport. And people would, apparently, there's a story of at least one person who never made it from the airport. When they thought there were no school colors and no no athletics, they just t- turned back around. I guess they called their mom on the Wall Street you know portable phone and said, "Fly me home." But it, what was neat for me was again it's a liberal arts school. That's all it is. Um, you uh, have to. Oh, I'm just telling you this because it is kind of germane. Uh, hey, you got to go make up your own curriculum in some ways. You have a sponsor. You have serial evaluations. Oh, that's, you don't have grades? It's like, no, I get a four-page evaluation on how much my work sucked. <laughs> I'd rather have, the, rather have the C plus, thanks. Um, and then you do a thesis uh, that you have to defend to a baccalaureate committee, independent study, blah, blah. But it's a place where I could go in and in my first semester organize a uh, seven-week seminar on reading every novel by Kurt Vonnegut. And then he took us out to breakfast when he came and spoke on campus, which was one of the best mornings ever. That's an experience you're not going to get at a giant school. Kurt Vonnegut taking you out to breakfast and signing with a butthole in your copy of Slaughterhouse-Five. It's pretty great. Um, So I'm sorry. I derailed us again. Uh, Yeah, Florida. So so what age did you start in Florida?
1: Uh, Like early teens. Oh, God. Yeah, it was tough. It really was tough. I went back to Philly a lot during that time when I first moved here. I go back, and then, and then less and less as I get older. It's been tough li- living down there, especially yeah. South Florida. I mean, that's, South Florida is its own thing.
0: I say the further south you go in, the floor, in Florida, the more like New York it becomes. That's true. Tallahassee, I mean, I was like, what, 20 miles from where James Brown was born. Like, we, we were right just south of the Georgia border. I don't know. I mean, what's I mean? I, I know I'm, I'm being reductive about this. I, when I was a kid, Dan, Texas was always the crazy state. It was Texas where you know they where they you know whatever you know make people into uh, sits bathes and baths or like make make them out a lamp or have you know bones in their house or something. Ted, you know Ed Gein kind of stuff. Yeah. But it seems like Florida really has taken the mantle of crazy away from Texas.
1: Well, I think I think the further away you get from the coastlines and and, and certainly the closer you get to Georgia, that's true.
0: Hi Georgia. Uh, I don't know. Have we we talk- had, if we had any listeners, there, are gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna say anything. Um, it is funny though, because Florida, Florida. It's funny how that has affected both of us. Not in necessarily bad ways, but it, you know, the environment that you come up in uh, has obviously such a long lasting effect on how you think and see things. You know. So you went to high school. You went to junior high and high school.
1: Yeah, I just don't think that I could ever live in it. like I've visited San Francisco and I love it. And it, it, it really does feel, and maybe this changes when you're, when you're living there, maybe this changes when you are there every single day, maybe it doesn't, but I always feel like it's like an electric place. Like you, you really feel like stuff is, is going on. And the, the average person in San Francisco who, who, who doesn't even work in technology, you know, you get a sense that they, they know something. And you know what I'm saying? Just walking yeah. around that place. Like, you walk around that yeah. place, and like the cha- homeless feel, guy who's. It feels who's, challenging. It feels kind of challenging. The homeless guy who, who's, who's, you feel, you know, a, a little nervous around has more Twitter followers than you do.
0: <laughs> um, that could be true in some instances. Um, I mean, you know, I, I like the fact that, that we're always going to probably just see this slightly differently. I think that's that's instructive and useful. Uh, a phrase I'll be using a lot, probably. <laughs> but you know, I mean, what's funny to me is to to, to the to the Florida ish point. Um, I, I just think it's really interesting what what you grow up thinking is normal, and what you grow up believing is your horizon.
1: Mm.
0: You know what I mean? Sort yeah. of. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I, I don't. I don't. I don't mean to. At this point, seriously, honestly, I don't mean to like diss on Florida because a huge part of this was that I was just a, a slacker. But it's funny because I, I think about being a kid in San Francisco or Oakland or anywhere around here. And it's like, you got Bart, you got this train that like runs really late where you can just go places. And how about you? So you've always lived in the shadow of the mouse?
1: No, well, no, we lived in South Florida and then I uh, went up here to, to Central Florida for school. And then we moved out to North Carolina for a while. And, and by the way, just for the record, we're, 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 we are moving. Huh? Yeah, we're moving away. I, we don't have a destination that we can talk about yet. I'll tell you understood, after the show. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll did you tell
0: go, you after. Did the go show. To, where'd you go? UCS or UCF, uh FI, UCS? UCF? Okay. UCF, Yeah. Sorry, UCF,
1: Yeah. Huh. Go knights.
0: <laughs> is that is that knights? That's the knights as in like armor, uh, armor and, armor and uh, jousting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea of a team with a collective noun, which Would just be the the the, the UCF knight. Be a collective, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, I like the uh, like the blaze or something. Yeah, they didn't do that. No, that's a little abstract. <laughs> I just think it's funny because I've talked about this before. <laughs> but I um. so anyway, to finish that thought though, in San Francisco, and like, not I don't know if everybody utilizes this, but we've got streetcars that take you around, and I mean, so if we wanted to go to Vinyl Fever in Tampa, which is where we always bought our records, and um, you know, we'd have to go get in a car and drive for like forty five minutes, yeah, which is kind of and- cool because it had a certain intentionality to it. No, every, Europe, everything right? is a car. Try, everything is try. a car
1: ride. Everything is twenty minutes. Yeah, everything is twenty minutes in a car. You go, you know, you want to go to the to the to the Target. Twenty minutes in a car, and those are the kinds of destinations that I have now. They're not the Vinyl Depot or whatever you, you say. <laughs> they're uh, they're Target and Home Depot and Whole Foods, and all of them are twenty plus minutes in a car.
0: <laughs> it's funny you should say that because you know that phrase "Nimby." You know, not in my backyard. Yeah. Um, that's one of the wonderfully, just ridiculously, hilariously, I mean, hypocritical things. I mean, there's, there's to me, there's two levels of, of hypocrisy. There's a level of hypocrisy where you're just kind of like being honest and doing stuff, and there's another where, <laughs> where you're like genuinely browbeating people about something and then doing it a thousand times worse than everybody else. San Francisco is constantly lecturing everyone about all of these issues. San Francisco has, I guess, some autonomy. Uh, is just constantly going. Right? Everybody does it wrong, you know. San Francisco is like having a TiVo; like you never have to see anything you don't want to see in San Francisco, because <laughs> basically, the squirrelier you are, the more somebody wants you to be mayor, right? <laughs> That's great. I think you're, you represent the earless people who like to wear fake ears while they drive a tiny car and pick up their dry cleaning really well. Also, you love cats. And that's like a thing. And then you get a subgroup and then you have splintering. And some people want a slightly larger car, but with dogs. And that's a thing. And then that's a group. And pretty soon you're changing policy about schools because of that. Not that that's a bad thing. But the problem is, like in San Francisco, um, we're really into this whole like, oh, you can't you can't build – Ugh, your filthy crate and barrel in such a precious place as this corner, like, but like we're totally fine with people building it right outside of town, so we can like drive our car, right? Target, Costco, giant ass Trader Joe's, sorry, giant butt Trader Joe's. All of those, we are totally fine with South San Francisco or Daly City having. Right, and it's just so funny to me that like it's like priorities, right? I mean, you move it and it goes somewhere else. You push it. But I, I hear you. You're like, and, and the other thing with you, like, when we go and visit our family who actually lives near Sarasota, it feels like before we get anywhere near, there's like three stages. There's the stage of like getting getting out of your subdivision, right? Right. There's the phase of like then driving, 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 and then there's the phase of like it's almost like in Lunar Lander, the Atari game, like where you got to the like then you've got to like ease your way into where you will spend money, and that's like an that's like a landing procedure. But it, you don't just go grab milk at the bodega, that's like, that's an hour, right? If you want to go to Target ink buy a lamp, that's an hour. Yeah. 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 It's
1: just, it's this different philosophy. I think like people who live in the city, they all, they, they have in many, many cases, many people, especially if it's a, if it's a nice city with a fresh, you know, market and all that stuff. Like, you the idea of doing what we do here, which is like completely load up the back of our, you know, SUVs and minivans and whatever with the food and supplies that we need to, you know, rough it in the suburbs <laughs> for the, the, the next week. It's almost like, you know, if you were going camping, you're going to sit down and carefully say, these are the things I need to bring. This is what I need for the tent. We're going to need to start a fire S- somehow.
0: Scarcity, but scarcity, right? It's only what can fit in your pack.
1: Right. right? And, and, and in this case, it's, only what can fit in, you know, in one trip in the back of your, uh, in your trunk, but you're very careful. Well, you know, on Wednesday we're going to have such and such for dinner. So I need to make sure that I have all of this stuff now. I don't
0: think now. that's so weird. I don't think it's that weird. I mean, there are well, people in the city, in a- you just,
1: you walk out of your apartment door, you
0: take 10 steps and you buy, <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: get the meat. We here. live in the
0: suburbs. We live in the far Western part of San Francisco, which is very uncool, very unhip. But I, I, yeah, I, th- I think But don't right. you have an office in downtown too. No, I have an office right near my house. No. But, but um, to your point, I forget where I read this. I want to say Harper's, but there was a wonderful article a few years ago that seemed really sane about an issue that's frequently not dealt with in a sane way. But this person's thesis, as I recall, was that it's a chicken and the egg problem. You start with a big house in the suburbs or you start with a big car and there's a weird uh, level of recursion. Okay, remember back in the day, you weren't always a Mac guy, right? You Used to be a Windows guy or a, a Unix guy. I've well, I've been a Mac guy as
1: far as uh, since day one. I started on an Apple, but I mean, I've certainly had Windows. But you remember? Do you remember 92, ninety two ninety?
0: Remember two to ninety two ninety three? Whenever Word, I guess seven came out, yeah. it and it installed like thirty extensions, and like it became very clear that as the processing power and amount of RAM went up, software developers are going to respond by making more and more kind of processor costly stuff until now I mean like opening Photoshop takes 10 minutes I'd rather <laughs> open Acorn right big ups for flying meat uh, by the way seriously Acorn great app uh, but uh, better than that Pixelmator one you know I never got the HUD thing I never got my head around the HUD thing it's a beautiful app I bought it paid for it like all this stuff but I um, and but this guy's thesis was you get your giant ass house giant butt house and <laughs> And and what do you do? Okay, so now you've got like a nine bedroom house, you got this McMansion, so what do you do? Well you gotta put stuff in it, right? All right, and plus, you know Tyler's gonna be starting soccer next year. So we're gonna need something to put, you know, the cleats in. Right. And so you buy this huge car. Do you see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? And pretty soon now you need the the sub you need the sub zero freezer because you know, got all that meat. And I I, I think that's kind of true. I I used to date a woman whose dad lived on a boat. And it was so interesting to think about how he ran his life. Um, there's, another, there's a community, a really cool community near here where a lot of people live on houseboats. I think it's, it's actually where Alan Watts lived, uh, as you'll know his work. Um, drank a lot, apparently. But, but people have bikes there. People have a little bike with a little basket because they don't. if they took the six-pound box of uh, tortilla chips from Costco into their boat, a, they couldn't get in the boat, and <laughs> B, it would probably sink. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: so they have to make, they have to make changes. They yeah. have constraints that are by choice that they have to, yeah, to yeah. decide what they want to do.
0: Yeah, but you, know, you also, you're onto something else. This is really dull and off topic, but I mean, I think what you're experiencing is very endemic to Florida and very endemic to post-World War II industrial culture, which is that we, we kept moving west. Or we just kept moving out in concentric circles. Tallahassee, terrific example. There was an area in Tallahassee that was really the sticks when I moved there in 1991. And that's uh, is where they built all this new development, right? Because it was cheap. But then what happens? You build a bunch of $150,000 houses and what right. do you get? You get a Publix, right? right? Oh, well, no, there's a Publix with a light. Oh, I don't know about you, Dan, but where my mom lives, a Publ- Publix with a light is a really big deal. You're talking so about you the
1: to- light behind the sign.
0: No, no, no. A Publix, with, with, Publix with, a, with a, you can make a left turn. You get a green oh, arrow. with a light, a stoplight at it. Don't, don't, don't stoplights become important in Florida.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: A left turn? Are you kidding me? Off of something like, you know, A1A or whatever? Like, that's hard. You got to yeah. do this crazy stuff. And so what happens? Then people come in and they use that Publix. And then they go, hey, you know, this is kind of a cool neighborhood. And pretty soon, that's not the frontier anymore. And people got to keep moving. And you put that on top of the fact that-
1: Publix is a grocery store.
0: People, yeah, people in the chat room were that. asking what, what Publix oh, is. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Hey, do they still have Winn-Dixie? Is that still a thing?
1: Yeah, but they're not doing well. Nobody wants uh, to go there. It was
0: like the filthy, barefoot, crying baby store. Yes. Yeah.
1: Like I had to go there one Thanksgiving morning to buy some ingredient that my wife needed and the Publix wasn't open yet. And it was like- uh, the like rats and sad people. It was really bad. It was rough. And you could tell I wasn't the only one that was in there- kind of on unfamiliar turf you know you look
0: like you look like Margaret Dumont like with your long gloves walking through there going oh my yeah
1: and people were sort of like you could like you'd look at the other person who normally doesn't go there and you just have this look between the two of you like
0: yeah to make to make that you look nice today noise (laughs) yeah we're running out of time yeah well, this is about it constraint just, Dan didn't we say constraint we said we're going to try so, so, so let's, let's close on something vaguely related to the show okay I'm, you know I'm fine rat holes don't bother me at all I, I have a record that's it, strong but what do, we, what do we want to do with this what do we want to do next let's tell the kids well yeah, I mean this
1: was a, this is the first episode and we and and you we, we had an, uh, a, an an orchestrated tweet yesterday. We both tweeted at the same time and we asked people to tune in and said let's you know we don't really know what this is yet either. We know we want to do a show. We know kind of the themes that we're going to be talking about, but uh, it it is very much I think an exploration. And I don't I you know with a lot of the shows that I do here, I know what to expect and I think the audience kind of knows what to expect and I think what to expect with this show is Merlin's going to be here, I'll, I'll be here, and we'll be talking about the kinds of things that, that are interesting to us. And yeah. I, I think that's, that's enough of a parameter. That's enough of a constraint. Plus, we'll do it in an hour.
0: We will. And I mean, the whiteboard for me would include things like, like I said, I mean, if, if we, have the, we have the capacity to have guests, right? We can do that. Absolutely.
1: I can okay. have uh, maybe two, I, I, one or also, two guests. Also, I think video. I think we should do video. You want to uh, do think-
0: video. I do. You know, all I right. used to be a. I think if you plan to make it with the video, and I think people like that, it's very engaging. You get to see faces and stuff. That's fine. The way you, the way you yeah. said it last time was. That's, uh, not, that's not accurate. Well, I was talking about something else. But right. That's not important. That's good. But the, um, the, uh, I think, what a I think, memory uh, you have. It's frightening. Uh, yeah, it's truly, truly frightening how bad my memory is. No, but it's no, good. It's good, uh, I'm saying. I think, I think, guess. And by guess, I mean people you know and don't know who have struggled with the same stuff and, and are sucking less at it. <laughs> we, I, I was vaguely involved in talking to, to, to John Moltz and some other people about a conference that would be basically based on doing it wrong. I like the idea of having John Moltz on here, talk about doing it wrong. Um, I, um, and I really, I, this is going to sound like other things I've done because it is, but I lo- want to talk about applications. Like not just in terms of like, you know, what's quote unquote sucking the oxygen out of the vertical, but what, what, like what we use, I think I want to talk about text editors. That's a fantasy of mine. Are you, are you a TextMate guy, or what do you use? I am currently
1: using TextMate. I've been dabbling again with BBEdit because mm-hmm. they have recently added the ability to open up a folder without having to create a project mm. out of it, and that, that nice. is intriguing to me. So I, I do that in TextMate,
0: and it's huge. That's the and big drop drop selling it, yeah. point,
1: yeah.
0: I've been looking at Vim. I did a talk at uh, again, again, again. I did a talk at Flickr, and I talked to this woman there who's like this Vim huge Vim nerd, I may look at that again. It's One of my really friends
1: works it over there and he put up some pictures of you over there. I thought that was Oh, uh,
0: who was it? Who was it?
1: Daniel Bogan, the Wafer Baby oh. guy.
0: I owe him. Sorry, Daniel. I owe him a setup like for weeks and weeks and weeks. I, Daniel's such a hero of mine too. Oh, he's great. But I, like I, wish he, talk- I wish he
1: wouldn't take his site down and destroy it every 20 minutes. But other than that, he's brilliant. Flickr? No, his, uh, oh. his waferbaby.com. He's, the content's that. gone. Where is it? He takes it. He brings it back, oh. throws it
0: away. You know, Stalin did that. He <laughs> took his sight down. Everything involving yes. Trotsky, he would take down. It was that's like true. that Violet Blue Deal, the <laughs> Violet Blue Deal on the boing boing. It just act like Trotsky never existed. And then I think he got a pickaxe in the eye. That was in Mexico. I think, um, I think, uh, I don't know what it's going to be either, Dan. And I have to tell you, uh, that's going to probably frustrate some people, but uh, that's okay because I think um, we'll figure this out. And I, I want this to not always just be me talking because I think you're super smart. And I, I want to know what you think. I want to talk more about Florida. Do you want to talk about applications? I want to talk about like how people do this stuff. And I want to talk in hopefully a slightly more empathetic way about gently looking at the stuff that's keeping us from shipping, even if it's really not. Uh, the point is, it doesn't really matter. If you think, when I was a little kid, after a viewing of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, don't ask me why, I thought there was an alligator in the bathroom. I was four years old. I was positive, and I said, Mom, Dad, you have to understand there's an alligator in the bathroom. And they said, actually, there's... Pretty sure there's not, we manage this apartment complex and we're pretty sure there's not an alligator. <laughs> also, it's the guest bath, so it would have to be, you know, vertical. <laughs> and I said, okay, haha, please get the alligator out of the bathroom. And at that point, as I do with my daughter, they thought it was funny. Even though, with every fiber of my being, I thought there was an alligator in that bathroom. Then it got worse because now my parents were kind of making fun of me. Oh. Right? But the truth is, there was never an alligator in the bathroom, it didn't change anything in the world. You know what I mean? And, and to, to the Buddhism point, like, God, my, my daughter and I were walking down the street the other day. And, I, you know, like, you don't know, want your kid to see dead stuff, right? Right. Do you try to keep him away from dead stuff? Uh, not, not really. Uh, you're okay with that? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm okay with that. She's a really, I don't want to say sensitive, she's a very empathetic kid. And so, you know, I've explained some stuff about when we've seen dead stuff. We saw a really cool dead gopher one time. We saw a dead bird. But there was what looked like a tabby cat.
1: Yeah, that's, like, that's tough.
0: Right. We see like a
1: fresh, like this is almost petable tabby cat. Right. Yeah. I, I, would, I would steer him in a different direction if I so saw we're
0: walking, like we're walking down the sidewalk and I am wanting desperately. Well, like number two, I don't want her to have to see this, but number one, I don't want to react in a way where she sees me flinch. Right. So I'm trying to keep her close enough and I'm like, oh, God, it's a wet paper bag. And I go, look at that. What does that look like to you? And she goes, it's a turtle. And I said, I think it looks like a cat. And uh, I said, I, did, I didn't know if that kitty cat was okay. It looks like it, but it, it's really just a paper bag, isn't it? And based on a conversation we've been having a lot over the next few days, I said, Ellie, what part of your, part of your body is it that, that made you think that was a turtle and make me think that was a cat? And she goes, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's your brain. And every time you think there's an alligator in the bathroom and every time you think a wet paper bag is a tabby cat, that is your brain. And nothing in the world changed. That bag didn't change. It didn't become a cat. It didn't stop being a turtle. Literally nothing in the world changed except your perception of that. And I think that is maybe one of the most interesting things in the world. And at the heart of it, I think that's what we should be talking about, is talking to people who thought something that was a dead cat turned out to be a paper bag. Maybe a paper bag full of money. Um, Or maybe a paper bag full of, uh, I got nothing. But but, but, but (laughs) do you see where I'm going with this, Dan Benjamin? Are you willing to give this a swing?
1: I think so. I think we have, we definitely will. And uh, we'll, we'll do this. You're, you've committed to me that unless you're traveling or doing something for, for work or something, that this will be a weekly event.
0: No, I mean, not to get tedious about this, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we're going to do yesterday. this every So I just want to set expectations. I don't want yeah. people to, no, to no. think that it's on my calendar, if it's on my calendar, it happens. That's don't worry. important. It's only e- an email. Nothing happens <laughs> on my calendar. <laughs> no. <laughs> and we're going to do this and I think we should do the video. We'll do guests yeah, We'll stuff. do a video. I don't have to go to Facebook or anything. Do I, I, don't, I don't have to go to Facebook? not as part can, of their show. Do you have show. somebody who can do that? Do you have like a Facebook person? Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to go to Facebook. Right. All right. Um, but you'll tell me when I need to do something, right? Yes. Just like always. Yeah. <sighs> What's John Gruber really like? if you met him?
1: Yeah. We, 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 I met him one time mm-hmm. uh, in person and we hung out. It was at a WWDC and I wasn't. I was. I happened to be in San Francisco that week for a uh, something for work. I was the CTO for. You're a being serious. Startup. You guys have
0: literally only met once. Is that true? Yeah, I, he- I heard you say that on that episode. You guys yeah. have only ever met once?
1: Yeah. How many times have we met? <sighs> Good point. And uh, and
0: so I mean, I've hung out with Gruber half a dozen times. Always a delight. Yeah. But uh, that's so funny to me because I think of you guys as being like peas and carrots. No, it's I only talked to him on the show. Yeah, that's how it is for me in podcasts. Everybody thinks all these podcast douches like live in a, in a like a, live in a treehouse, and it's like, no, I, I've i hardly met anybody I've ever done a podcast with.
1: I think I was saying this uh, to you off the air the, yesterday, or something, uh, or maybe it was before that. That like John and I talked way more before we started doing the show, and now that we do the show, we anytime we any anytime we get close to a, a good conversation, he'll one of us will stop it and he'll say, "Oh yeah, we better save this for the show."
0: Well, let me just say now, Benjamin, that we have not in the past gotten to talk as much as I, was, I would like, so I'm looking. This will be great, yeah, because in this case, this will be Dan. way more talking
1: than we've gotten to do.
0: And, and can I close? Uh, well, I don't want to tell you it's your show. But no, like, you, it's your show. Let's close it your you way. You know what, Dan? Don't, it sickens me. Stop that. But you know what I would say, and I, I hardly <laughs> ever say this because I'm supposed to be a jerk on the internet, but I would actually, uh, if you can collect it, I don't have to read every one of them personally, but um, I would like to know what people would like this show to do especially if you're super smart. Um I would love to know like <laughs> Yeah, only only if you have yeah, something something hey, you know, uh, I said what day, are the qualifications? Dan. Here's the thing, Dan. Like God <laughs> doesn't sweat atheism. If God exists, then he doesn't sweat athe- it. He doesn't exist, then he's got a lot to worry about. If you're smart, that won't bug you. If you're, you're also going to bug you if you're not smart, and then I'm not worried. So how so do you I'm, how do you no, want no, people to how do you want do people you to think? do this? What do you think is good? I don't believe in that survey retweet this kind of crap. But uh, do you do know, want, you're, I, you're I know you're good,
1: you're a big you're, fan of email. You want a lot of email to come to you.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's that's no, it's not it's not that. It, uh, save it. I, I I just if you do want to like follow the stuff on the Twitter, I help you share that. And if there are themes, if there are questions, if there are any of that stuff, because like we said, this is not we're not sandbagging. We literally made this up yesterday. And I have stuff I care a lot about, you have stuff you care about, but eh, we could have a letters thing, like, you know, people tell us what you want, or a theme, or like, talk about this kind of application. Like, how great would that be? If that we would be great. A show on, like, what uh, <laughs> are there FTP apps other than Transmit, apparently. But you know what I mean? Like, we could talk about different kinds of stuff. I love your stuff about every time you put out a new tutorial for a new rev of OS X. I always find myself sitting there, like what the user user local is that where you you, like user local. That's like I didn't even know about that until your stuff. I've used you as an example of like how bad I am at the terminal. I just literally copy and paste lines from your page. I think that stuff. I think talking about the original life hacks ish stuff that Danny talked about. Yeah, yeah, things like secret scripts. I will share with you. I've checked. I have written the worst bash script in the history of forever. (laughs) And I will even share that with you so you can tell me how to improve it.
1: Well, I also I, want to talk to you about things like, like why you have uh, 3,000 text files with only one word in them. Things like that. I want to I learn broken,
0: that. I've broken every iOS app I have tried. I've, I broke Simple Note. I have broken Elements. Hi, Justin. And when I hit like, a letter Q, the, you ever do that thing when the button just hang, hangs there? Yeah. That button hangs there for four seconds for oh. me. me. You want to count? Let me give you a count. Hey, hey, Dan, we have the same noisy keyboard, don't we? We talked about this. I've, Do you have I've, a tactile Pro? You got a tactile Pro? I did have it, but it
1: finally stopped working because it was given to me by Mike Davidson of Newsvine.
0: I love that guy.
1: Yeah, he's good. And then he, he sent it to me because his, I guess, his um, suite mates or office mates complained that it was too <laughs> noisy.
0: Every, I listen to the podcast I've been on, and I can hear this like, well, you know what it sounds like? It's
1: yeah. the
0: noisiest keyboard, 1,893.
1: 1,893 text total, files.
0: Yep, for a total of 32 megs. Now, you can press that, you drop that in a zip. Well, what do you do? Here's your tip for the day, you tips and tricks, nerds. Uh, if you're in Pathfinder, it's super easy. You could just do this as a zip. Do you use that I,
1: Pathfinder instead of Finder?
0: Yeah, I do, I do. I gotta
1: think about that.
0: I like that Steve, he's a good man. And uh, I, I like Pathfinder. It's not, like, perfect. If, any way, if there's any way that I'm moving, quite honestly, it's, it's toward the shell. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I'm increasingly jumping into the shell for. But what's nice about Pathfinder is, uh, and I, my profile's all screwed up since I got my new computer, but basically any window that you're in, you, you guys know the trick. I know you know this, Dan. But you know the trick, for example, uh, if you can drag a folder, like you type cd space, and you drop a folder.
1: Right, you just hit, drop it right into Terminal, it'll, yeah, it'll put it in the path. Or
0: yeah. do you know the corollary. sure you know this. Uh, open space period. You know that one. Yep. Okay, not a lot of people know that. If you're in the terminal and you hit open space,
1: Period. It will it will cause the whatever path you're in in the terminal window that you've cd'd into to be the main Finder window.
0: Finally, at at, at minute seventy one, just as we're eleven minutes late, we get to the practical stuff. But but um, for myself, it is funny. I learned this, I think, from just hearing Veen talk about it and watching him work. Is that it's funny in the same way that what I mean? This is going to sound crazy, but there's some stuff I do in TextMate. A huge amount of stuff I do in TextMate, uh, but that doesn't mean I don't do stuff. In text edit, or don't do stuff in a web browser. And I think at a certain point, the art of this is figuring out how to not have to think about that a lot and just knowing, right? And so for me, like, I am kind of increasingly jumping back and forth because I'll have a little shell script that works. But then something, for example, that Gruber pointed to, which should be an episode, um, this service. Did you ever get into that?
1: I am not a big fan of, the, of building
0: services, but, but the keeper can make right? that stuff dance, and it's, it's pretty impressive. Well, that's because you, if I understand correctly, you, you are very conversant and comfortable in the shell. Oh,
1: yeah. Like you say, I, I find myself going to the terminal. I find myself going to the finder sometimes.
0: Okay. Right. So you grew up in green and black. Yeah. Um, Gruber pointed this a while back. And this is, first of all, it's services. Learn about services. Oh, by the way, if you're a Windows guy, sorry, there's not gonna be here for you. <laughs> but if you're, uh, but uh, seriously, the services, I'm really glad that that is finally getting more attention. It's still really wonkily implemented, where you've like got to go in and like do ad hoc flipping on per app, which is crazy to me. But but for me, between Launch Bar and Services, and in fact, Services within Launch Bar, everyone, you guys know what Services are, right? You go to was it Apple? Yep. You go to now app menu. So whatever app menu you're in, like right now I'm in the Finder. You yeah,
1: the app menu and then there's services with the little finder, right arrow.
0: Stuff. Yeah, And there may not be anything in there because they aren't flipped on. It's really weird. It's like the .ini thing with PHP. It's like, why is this not already on? But anyway, you go in and you can build these There's services in there that are so useful where you can do things like with Scrivener. I can like have a selection of text somewhere, hit a button, and that gets created as a new document inside of Scrivener, which is really helpful. I've written one, <laughs> the worst batch script of all time, uh, is for concatenating, or not concatenating, it's for, um, what is it, you know, whatever the, greater than, greater than, but like appending to a text yeah, file. Yeah, appending. Yeah, and so I'll run that as a script inside of uh, LaunchBar, it's terrifically helpful, but what's neat about this service, which I can recommend, hey, let's make this like a pick. This service, which is something Gruber, I learned about from Gruber, it's uh, wafflesoftware.net. You know, in uh, in the Unix, you got you know standard in, standard out, and filter, right? Yep. yep. Which is just a way of saying, like, is this something where it's coming in or where it's going out or where it's just passing through and I'm spitting something out? Is that fair? Is that close? Yeah. And this service makes it really easy to take basically any kind of script that your Mac can run, whether it's Perl or Python or whatever, and you package it inside of a service. So it goes from being this thing where you go like, oh, i got to remember to go to this place, a CD in there, and then I run this .py to do whatever. Instead, in my case, HTML to text .py, you know the Aaron Schwartz's Markdown thing. Right. I've got I've got that under this service now. I used to use Oh Brady's Bits long before he founded Twitter. You know Jack back in the day. He's the guy who invented Humane Text long before Twitter. Uh-huh. He's the guy who made wrote the first service for Markdown or Textile to t- to HTML and back. So that first you guy. could
1: you could select some text and then yep. you can go to the service and it will essentially take whatever text you've selected and and pipe That's it correct. through the script that you've written. Yeah. And and it does it all as part of the finder so that you're not having to rip open the terminal and change folders and run it and things and make sure the right. path does a thing and PB copy to get it. You know about PB. PB copy
0: PB copy right? I, I keep screwing something up with PB copy. I keep getting like a, a paste oh, so say what PB copy is.
1: PB copy is a pasteboard copy. In other words, it lets you take something like the output of a command or the output of a file And uh, and direct it into the uh, clipboard on your Mac, the pasteboard, if you will,
0: the pasteboard. But there's there's can you have you can have more than one? Because do you ever get a thing where like in a session you've got one clipboard, but back in the Finder you've got another? Am I having an aphasia, or can you have multiple pasteboards? Is that possible? You I mean, you can setting with, apart, apart from apart from multiple clipboards, I, I know what that means. Like in, in but I'm saying like what is in when you hit command V, you get one thing in the terminal versus you hit, get another thing in like the Finder. Have I you think ever
1: launch that? bar allows if you're using I heard you mention that you had launch bar. I think launch bar can do multiple clipboards or No, no, I'm not, not saying that. this. it's not that. No, it's, it's that. probably then just I, me. Then I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a feature I don't know about that I need to you know. I'll tell you
0: what's great uh, for the, the the what do you call P board? What's it called? PB, PB paste? It's, it that is super helpful inside of TextMate. If you're yeah. ever building TextMate bundles, it's it's just huge. But okay, so anyway, this service, all you got to do if you found a great script and you, you're not a total nerd and you don't want to have to go to the Finder, it's a nice ramp in because uh, it's just super fast. And just in general, I would say look at the services because. Mm. Um, well if, if, among other things, like, like everybody from David Allen to you know anybody who's used Unix will say the more that you're using the keyboard rather than the mouse, the faster you're going to get. How is this germane to our stuff uh, it's removing friction don't you think
1: yeah, definitely
0: it's getting you focused i mean it's the reason that i 'm looking at Vim right now. the whole purpose of vim i mean vim and, vim and Emacs are like such different ways of seeing the world, and in vim, I, as I understand vi uh Shout out to Arnold Robbins who has no idea who I am. The um, you want to keep your hands on the home row. Every, almost everything happens on the home row. Yeah, you never even want to, like for me. I'm I I do the Emacs key bindings. Like I'm super into like Command Shift Arrow for like selecting left. You know about that, right? You know that. Yeah. I mean, you would not believe how many people don't know that. If you're if you're editing text, like right now, you nerds. If you're listening to this, like go and open a text file and go type something. Just go type warm ipsum. And if you go hit um, like the cloverleaf command, uh, right arrow, you go to the end of the line. Right, That's kind of cool. Now, option shift. I have to look at the keys. It's all muscles. Option shift, left arrow. Do that. What? That's crazy. Look (laughs) at that. The, did that change your game when you learned that?
1: Yeah, I mean, things like that are, I think if you're, if you're somebody who's spent a lot of time on a keyboard, which generally I think it's safe to say that most Mac users are, are, are not, mm-hmm. then you find out about these things. You're like, man, there's so much that this can do. The, the Unix geeks like me, are, you start out by saying, what can I do with the keyboard? Right, you know, so I think it's... Are you
0: more VI or Emacs? VI,
1: please. Okay, so... so Emacs is... uh,
0: H-J-K-L for you? H-J-K-L?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, The thing is, I know this, I I hear where you're coming from, but the thing is, this is where it gets interesting for me because to you, this is like, oh, so I can soak my dishes to make them easier to clean. (laughs) But for me, this is like, when I learned that circa 2004 it was like holy crap my text editing got so well here's one can i
1: just tell you one well no and don't don't i think i think i'm in the minority here and i think talking about this stuff is great because even though i have this base of knowledge there's still little things that i don't know and and this right. is something i find about the way that you work that I don't always necessarily do is that when you discover something like that, it seems to me that that you're no longer you're not content just knowing that one. You want to know every <laughs> single keyboard well, shortcut I, that exists. I've, I've
0: been like, well, here's the problem. And I don't and do is, that. This is well, you're smart, but this is also why Unix like Photoshop and uh, sexual intercourse is is so overwhelming to people <laughs> because Unix. The problem is if you open up Photoshop. I've said this a thousand times, but when you open up Photoshop, eventually, like go get some coffee and stuff. Um and by the way you're gonna have, need to update and uh, don't get me started. But you, when it does finally launch and you get a canvas, uh it looks like crystallize is as important as Unsharp Mask. Mm. Right? Yeah. Don't you think? Are you, well I I haven't listened to TechSharp. Are you are you Aperture Lightroom? What's your thing? You know, I like Lightroom. Me too. I couldn't I couldn't use anything else. But um whatever you use. I love Acorn. To be honest, I use Acorn. Acorn and OmniGraffle I use for almost everything involving drawing, which is weird. Because I should be using Illustrator, right? But yeah. um, the problem with Photoshop is you open it up, and because of the way they—with uh, respect—I have pals that work on this stuff. Uh, it's really been written in the silos that the developers think about it in. Right? There's there's one part of the group that works on plugins. There's another part that works on filters. Those are really different mathematical skills to make that stuff. Right? You're on different teams, <laughs> so your team lives under this menu, right? Kinda. You know, it's like it isn't like you go, okay, well here's the five commands that even if you don't know you need them yet, you're just going to be using all the time. Like adjust levels. I used to think adjust levels like what does that even mean? And now it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how many years I didn't know what a way, how much that could change my photos. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Unix same thing. I mean, I bought and continue to read again Give it up for Arnold. Unix uh, in a nutshell is my bathroom book for 3 years. I continue to try and learn a little bit, probably, let's say once, usually in the morning. And, uh, and I sit down, and the thing is, trough is not as important as CD, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, what's more important than like CD? CD
1: is probably
0: That's up there one. in the top CD, one or two. LS. CD, LS. LS, LA for yep. me. Uh, so what does that mean? Well, CD is change directories. LS is list. Yep. Trough you're good, don't worry. You don't need need trough for a while. You're going to be fine. But if you pick up almost any book on Unix, especially one that's kind of indexy like that, you're going to go, oh my God, this is totally inscrutable, right? And I think that's what we're talking about right here. What we're talking about is, look, you don't need to learn all the commands, pick up what you can. Iteration does work. Yes, lists of tips and tricks do work, but then you got to go work with them. Ready for this, do this, do this. Hey, you nerds, open up your text file add a bunch of returns, you don't need to put text in, but put in a bunch of returns and hit command up arrow. What? What just (laughs) happened? It's magic. Now hit command down arrow. What? That's insane. (laughs) Now try option up arrow. Go to the top of the buffer. Yeah, but which shell? Oh it's basically, it's a, uh, I'm in TextMate, but it works anywhere. Okay. Anywhere, that, uh, anywhere that's anywhere that got a Coco, Coco NS something something field. See, right? I
1: usually do this stuff on the command line, and there there are right. going to be different things that you but do.
0: But all I'm saying is anywhere, why am I telling you this? Because anywhere that is a standard Mac-friendly field, all of these will work. Yeah. I think they're based on Emacs, but they're not like the crazy, my hands hurt kind of Emacs. Right. All I'm saying is, like, command up. What did I just do? I just took the cursor to the top of the buffer. I've just gone to the first character of the first line, if i hit command down arrow i've gone to the last cursor the last line this is so ace option up arrow takes me to the next line that has stuff on it yeah these and are then, all
1: really great these are all really great things but he, but at the end of the day these things are the kinds of things that you almost need to learn by when, when like if you sit down and try to remember these you won't get them, but it's, it's when you're using them.
0: I almost feel yes. like you need to watch somebody doing I it. I totally agree. You know I totally agree. I don't mean to derail with this little tips and tricks crap, except to say that seriously, at least for me, all I can say is what I know. And when I learned this, it was like somebody took the boxing gloves off my hand because I oh, type yeah. all day long. All I do is type and type and type. Yeah. And the ability to go, let me just remember this. And also seriously, text expander, learn about it. Uh, I create a long thing. Oh, this is, okay, so command, shift, right arrow. Select the entire line. I mean, anyway, I know, I know all you guys are sitting there going, sir, I've been doing this since 1972, but every day, Dan Benjamin before I lived in Florida, I lived in Cincinnati, Ohio and when the uh, Million Dollar Movie ran kind of short, they would have a canned segment where it was like questions to the you know general manager of the station and there's this line that I will never ever ever forget where the lady says to him, uh, reading a letter, like, I don't understand. Why do you keep showing the Flintstones? The Flintstones is a, at that point, five-year-old show. Who watches the Flintstones? Everybody's seen the Flintstones. I keep seeing the same episodes. I get it. The ribs made the car fall over. Move on. And the guy goes, you know, every day, somebody is born who has never seen the Flintstones. And I thought about that, and I went, oh my God, it is so self-involved to sit there and go, Phil, seen it. Because you know what? like, a lot of people haven't seen it, jerk. And, like, the fact that, that, like, you know that, well, first of all, do you really, really know it? Like, <laughs> are you Do you really know it, like, in the way you know you should rotate your tires, or are you actually, like, using it? Because in my experience, these are the incre- incremental things that make, it, make a difference. And, you know, can I just say one other shout-out, Dan? Because um, And I want your opinion on the Vim stuff, because I, I I really want to give that a throw, but where did I read about this? Oh, we've we've got to do an episode on my new favorite blogs. Brett Turp Brett... Isn't it weird when you don't know how to really say things because you only ever read it? Brett Terpstra? Yeah. I read him 100 times a day, but I don't know how to say his name. Not only made my second favorite TextMate bundle of all time, the Blogsmith uh, blogging insane multi-markdown life-saving um, bundle. I don't think it's called that. It might be shorter. But Brett also <laughs> just did that awesome fork of um, notational velocity called NVALT. Uh, go to Brett Terpstra. Google it. B r e t t t e r p s t r a. And we'll put and these. I, we'll put these in the show notes. Too. Oh, you'll do that? Do you have, yeah, a, yeah. You have a, little, a monkey for that? Who who does that? Is that you? Who does it's
1: that? Sh- I'm the monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, yeah. it depends. I I try right. to keep up with it during the show, but I've got a little bookmarklet that I can give you that'll let you add them hmm. uh, to the CMS as we're as we're here.
0: CMS expression engine.
1: No, it's a custom Rails thing. <laughs> of
0: course. By the way, I did Playground. I don't know if you know. <laughs> yeah, I sold that. I sold it. <laughs> no way. I yeah. love that site.
1: That was Expression Engine.
0: Oh, man. You handled the taxonomy on that really well. That's a hard problem to solve. That was tough. Brett. Un- under, most it,
1: underappreciated
0: site on the internet. <laughs> oh, it's a terrific site. I I've, I've bought stuff for my kids through there. My, yeah. my, well, the kids I know about, that being the one. Uh, Brett's site is terrific Brett is a super smart guy I highly recommend com. why well, am I telling you this I believe it was Brett who is frequently will do links to stuff about VI I think it was he who pointed to something really cool called two-faced Roman thing Janice, and Janice is where these two nerds whose names escape me have basically put together an easy ramp up for anybody who wants to learn VI especially people who are thinking about you know I love TextMate, but <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> and looking at basically replicating a lot of the functionality that we've come to love. Um, no no disrespect, Alan, I love. But but Janus basically makes it really easy. It's a package that gives you a version of MacVim, plus some very cool plugins, including this tree plugin that emulates the project view. Um, almost all of the audience could be forgiven for thinking they're having a stroke, and then I'm saying words that don't make sense. But for those of you who use TextMate and have gone, mm, have a look at this. Really, anybody who's thought about doing VI. Now, why care about VI? Because if, if you've ever watched, whether it's VI or Emacs, which if you don't know are the 2 When you say the two predominant text editors? Um, yeah, on for, the, on the you know, command line. On the command line. Um, watching Ken Case do Emacs, uh, watching Danny O'Brien do VI, it's, you get, it's like, do you guys remember the first time you saw Quicksilver and you went, oh, that'll change my life Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean 43 folders became a thing in part sure the David Allen stuff but really the Quicksilver I, without too much immodesty I really think it helped a lot of people to learn about Quicksilver that's a lot like this and VI like give me an example of VI where you do the multiples like you do a yank thing and then a multiple paste like what's an example of that well
1: I mean if you're let's say you're doing a config file in an Apache uh, thing and you want to grab the entire virtual config file and drop it somewhere else
0: or like the thing I just learned in TextMate, there must be a way to do this in Vim. I, I just learned this after years. Uh, select anything in TextMate. Yeah, Double click, whatever. Hit Command E. Uh, replace that with something else. Select it and type Command E. And then Control Command F replaces each instance of that in the document. So it, it sends whatever you first selected is the equivalent of, it's fine and replace, but with like a couple three clicks. Do you have something like that? Like select this thing here, you hit command I or whatever. This word, replace, is that, a, is that an S thing? Is that like an S?
1: Yeah, this gets into the, the more advanced stuff, but you can- Yeah, you can write
0: different show, different show.
1: You can get into like regular expressions in, in, in Vim, and I mean, there's, there's tons and tons and tons of stuff. And most of it I didn't know, actually, and I learned when I did the voiceover for a, uh, a peep code on Vim. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot. Right, there's well, so much I'll, you can get do. But you know what? We have to. Wrap. Now we're thirty minutes over. We told people that we we're going to keep it under an hour, and our first show we're we're thirty yeah. thirty minutes over. It's called
0: it's called managing expectations. Uh, and I'm gonna. I hopefully, will not help you ruin that. Anyway, go check that out. Check him out. Uh, uh, I got a bunch of sites I'd love to talk about, Dan, that have really I think helped make the Mac improvement and life hack space. Way less douchey than it's been in the last few years. Uh, practi- I'm going to toss out a few just as a shout out. Practically efficient. Eddie's site is just outstanding. Brooks Review, excellent site. Google it. Um, David Sparks, the stuff he's doing with Max Sparky is crazy great. Um, I'd like to do an actual proper. Oh God, Dr. Drang, you- you've got to go read uh, Leancrew.com, which is and now it's all this. Uh, that's Dr. Drang's site. Google it is probably the site that is closest to how my brain works in terms of like here's a great thing for Textmate, here's how to print a hipster pda on cards anyway without running 30 minutes over I think this is the kind of stuff we should talk and Dan I want to know about you I want to know about you I want to know the stuff that's exciting you apart from these podcast things that you make
1: well we'll save that for the next show
0: yeah what's got you excited this week this show yeah I love you this show I, I love you like what else can I say you're selling past the clothes I love you so
1: that's it. So we're, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up, button this thing up. Yeah. And we'll come back in another week and we'll, uh, we'll do it again.
0: Yeah. Thanks for doing this, Dan. It's, uh, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait. It's just a start. It's a start.